Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. So happy you're here. It's a Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your master mixologist, commoner of cocktails, and your weekend wine guy. Hey, love is in the air. It's Valentine's week, and so excited to have a, a couple of my lovey-dovey pals in the studio. I got Chris Zimmerman, the Northwest Regional Manager for VS Imports. We're going to talk some Italian wines, uh, the Killer Bees, Barbaresco, Barbera, Barro. And Braquetto. And uh, one of my good friends, Luke Wollers, who is uh, a new distributor in town. He's um, a sommelier just like me, advanced and working on the MW program. And uh, we got a lot of love, lot, 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 lot love in the house. A lot of love in the house here on Happy Hour Radio. So glad you're with us here every Saturday. Um, I'm not sure what time it is. I know it's happy hour radio time, but that's uh, it's good to have you here. Um, remember, you can find us on the Twitter sphere. We're at uh, Happy HR Radio at Happy HR Radio. Send us a tweet. If you have any questions out there in the world of wine, spirits, cocktails, food, and events, uh, send us an email to ask at happyhourradio.net. And you can check out our website, happyhourradio.net, for all of our great guests and uh, some past shows. You can also find us on iTunes. So we are all over the world. We are nationwide, universal-wide, global-wide. We're double-wide, actually, gentlemen. <laughs> so glad you're here. Um, hey, uh, this Monday, uh, the 9th of February, the, the, the whole village, the whole town of Walla Walla is coming to town. We've got Taste Walla Walla. It's over at uh, the McCall Hall, and you can uh, buy a ticket uh, for their evening event. Consumers, Taste Walla Walla, uh, wallawallawinealliance.com, taste a bunch of great wine. Um, we also have the Seattle Wine and Food Experience coming to town. Jamie Piha, February 22nd. That is a must-do event. Uh, jump off the diet bandwagon and go try some great food and of course great wine spirits beers cider and more seattlewineandfoodexperience.com and if you want to get an education on wine go check out my friend Jeffrey Dorgan he's over at the Space Needle um, top of the Space Needle holding the Wine Academy uh, that's coming up in March spaceneedle.com backslash wine academy but uh, like I said it's Valentine's you should be thinking about chocolate and wine and lobster and scallops and filet and um, flowers and uh, perhaps something, uh, some amore. So, Chris Zimmerman, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you so much, Christopher. It's great to be here. Yeah, so um, you are uh, one of our cool wine guys in the town, and I'm sure our, our people in Happy Hour listener land don't necessarily know you, but all the trade does because uh, you pour some great Italian juice. Tell us about how you got started in the wine business. Well, I got started in the wine business um, 30 years ago. I was in New York City. I was trying to make it as a uh, commercial photographer, and uh, I had to pay the rent, and so I started working at a great little French restaurant, which I believe is still there in New York City, which is the uh, Café des Artistes, which mm. is on Central Park West, and uh, started learning about food and wine, and the chef was from Provence, and uh, so I guess my first experience was in the French wine business. Um, I started uh, interviewing for uh, import companies, 
uh, in New York and uh, was hired uh, by um, by a small importer named Barry Basson, who at the time, uh, 30 years ago, was the importer for Romani Conti. Hmm, Romani Conti. Yeah, it's a, it's a red wine from France, and... Uh, <laughs> I like to say that I started in this wine business uh, selling Romani Conti, <laughs> and now I sell Frescati. Oh. It's been downhill for 30 years. <laughs> uh, no, just joking. But uh, I started in the French business, and then uh, um, 30 years ago, I met uh, Leonardo Locascio in New York, who uh, has the company called Winebow. Oh, yeah. And uh, I worked for Winebow all over America for uh, 14 years. Uh, then I worked for a big uh, uh, Sicilian winery for a couple of years, and uh, about 14 or 15 years ago, I joined Vias, which is an Italian company. And uh, Vias is an acronym. It stands for Vini Italiani Autoctoni Selezioni. V-I-A-S. Vias Imports. V-I-A-S, which means uh, a selection of indigenous or autochthonous Italian wines. Autochthonous. Mm. Yeah, it's a great word. As a matter of fact, autochthonous was the winning word in the National Spelling Bee a few years ago. Uh-huh. And a 12-year-old won and got it right. Excellent. I still can't spell it. I'm thinking it's A-U-T-O-C-H-O-N-O-U-S. It's got two T-H's in there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, in Italian, uh, we say, in English, we say indigenous, but the Italian use the word autochthony, oh, which is this means the same thing. Well, I love that. So that's a great history, starting with DRC and some French French food in New York City, and here you are in Little New York, um, uh, purveying great Italian wines. And uh, I had the pleasure of joining you over at Miller's Guild last week, and we're tasting some fantastic Tuscan wines and uh, um, a little bit of other stuff. You had a Cerezolio. What was it called? Cerezolio? Uh, that... Uh, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that. But we can find your wines at viaswine.com. That's right? exactly right. And Vias is a company that's been around for over 30 years. It was started, actually, by a gentleman in Italy who was, or who is an Italian master sommelier. His name is Fabrizio Pedroli. Uh, he sits on the board of governors that oversee the DOC regulations in Trentino. He lives in the city of Trento. Uh, And he started the company uh, many years ago. We have an office in New York, and we uh, have a warehouse in New York, and we ship directly from uh, Livorno in Italy. But we represent about 300 different Italian wines and one wine that's not Italian. And that might have been the (laughs) wine that you were thinking about, because when I did the uh, steakhouse tasting at uh, Miller's Guild, I had all Italian wines, and then I had one winery from Patagonia. Oh, uh, and uh, that's a winery called Bodega Noemia, and we represent that wine because um, it's owned by a woman who owned uh, our Brunello producer called Argiano. Hmm. So, but we are primarily an Italian wine company and uh, working with families, uh, small production, estate grown, estate bottled wines from from all over the country. From well, all over Italy. I love that story. This is great. 30 years. You've got over 300 brands in your portfolio at vswine.com. And uh, it is Valentine's week. We're thinking pink, and we've got some pink wines. And uh, I know that a lot of people love chocolate with wine, and I know that you brought a wine that you will convince me that chocolate does pair well with wine. But let's dive into some of the wines here. You talked about the killer bees, and uh, when we talk about wines that begin with the word bee, we're talking about Barbera, Barbaresco, Barolo, and Brachetto. And we happen to be 
in the northern part of Italy. That's exactly right. These are four of, uh, I think, Italy's most significant wines. These are wines from from the Piedmont region, which is the northwestern corner of Italy, um, about a two-hour drive southwest of Milan. And you come to the beautiful little town of Alba, which is famous for white truffles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are wines that were meant to go with that kind of cuisine. These are uh, what I call winter wines or autumn wines uh, to go with uh, those kinds of dishes and uh, mushrooms and savory dishes. But uh, um, the big guns or these killer bees that I like to call them, Barbera, uh, either Barbera d'Asti, which is a DOCG wine, or Barbera d'Alba, which is a DOC wine from near Alba. The great uh, Nebbiolo from the village of Barbaresco, the great Nebbiolo from the village of Barolo, and then this little secret uh, for Valentine's Day, Brichetto d'Acqui, which um, is reserved for lovers. <laughs> well, uh, I, I fit that bill this week. Um, so let's just step back a second, because Italy can be a little confusing, because in some terms we have the grape that's named after a commune or village, and in some terms we have the grape that's from some place, uh, de Asti, from, and de, de is uh, of or from uh, in French and in Italian. So we have Barbera, which is the grape, from the town of Asti, so therefore it's called Barbera de Asti. Yes, exactly. I mean, uh, the Italian wine scene is a spectacular wine scene. It's a, it's something that you can uh, uh, study for a lifetime. The beauty of uh, of Italy is that there are no Italian wine experts. We're all students. Uh, I'm a passionate student of these wines, but uh, um, some of the Italian wines are labeled varietally, like uh, Pinot Grigio. Uh, Some are labeled by uh, an area like Chianti uh, or a town, a village like Barbaresco that has a population of 650 people or Barolo. But now we have two wines in front of us which give us a little bit of both, a Barbera d'Asti. So it's telling you that it is Barbera from near the town of Asti. Uh, You can also, of course, find the Barbera d'Alba, which would mean near Alba. And this beautiful wine to go with chocolate, Brichetto d'Acqui. So Brichetto from the town of Acqui, or what's called Acquiterme, uh, which is not too far from Asti. So you'll either find Italian wines labeled varietally, um, labeled by the village, or if you're lucky, it tells you both, the variety and the village. Yes, and then you got the super Tuscan. <laughs> well, you know, somebody asked me the other day when we were doing the steakhouse tasting if I could define a super Tuscan wine. And I said, uh, yes, it's from Tuscany, and it costs 60 bucks. <laughs> but, uh, no, Super Tuscan wines were, um, or are wines that have essentially uh, uh, broken with tradition. Yes. Uh, and uh, wines from Tuscany that uh, are perhaps blends or uh, have some little change that are not necessarily find, uh, following the, the DOC uh, regulations or the DOCG reg- regulations, which are of course the uh, the equivalent of the French Appellation Controlée, or even the autochthonous wines that were indigenous at the time. That's exactly right, the autochthonous wines. Uh, so yeah, you have um, you have wines that have uh, varietal designation, village or area designation, both, and then of course there are the wonderful wines. Uh, like Tignanello and Sassicaia <laughs> that are basically supermodel f- names, fantasy names. Yes, 
The no, no me fantasia. Well, um, that's a great explanation of, of trying to navigate the landscape of Italy. And uh, we just taught, chatted about Tuscany, which is a little further south than Piedmont. But let's dive into this first wine. It's Barbera. Barbera, um, it's bright, juicy red, uh, low tannin, moderate plus acidity, uh, great, easy drinking wine to begin with, but it goes well. Talk about this Barbera, the Damilano. Well, Damilano is, uh, is the family name. Uh, uh, these are two cousins, Paolo and Guido da Milano, and their family has been in the wine business for over a century. They're located in the town of Barolo, and they make the typical wines uh, like uh, Barbera d'Asti and Nebbiolo and, uh, and Barolo. So this is kind of their workhorse wine. Um, most people don't know that about 50% of the vineyards in the Piedmont are planted to Barbera. So this is the weeknight wine. This is the everyday wine. This is the wine with lunch that you might mix a little bit of mineral water in. But uh, it is a beautiful red. Um, as you said, the tannins are very soft and the acidity is nice and snappy. So to go with um, all kinds of pasta dishes, red sauce, traditional red sauce dishes, uh, it is beautiful. It is great with... Uh, with cured meats, with salamis, with prosciuttos, beautiful with pork dishes. Um, In many ways, it's kind of the Beaujolais, the the uh, the uh, um, bistro wine of Italy, right? The, I would say so. Italy? Certainly, the bistro wine of uh, of the Piedmont. Yes. Chances are, if you were there and you walked into a nice little restaurant in Alba or one of these beautiful towns and just asked for a glass of red, you're going to get a glass of Barbera d'Asti. That's a good deal because it's really, really fun and tasty. So um, we're going to take a break here in a second. But when we come back from the break, we'll continue our conversation with Chris Zimmerman, the regional manager for Vias Imports, and that's viaswine.com. And we've got the Barbera da Asti, the Prudatori de Barbaresco, uh, the Barolo, and the Brachetto da Chi. And I also have in studio my good friend Luke Wallers, who is an advanced sommelier just like me, studying for the Master of Wine exam and and uh, also uh, start launching a new career as a distributor here with some great wines. And we'll get uh, Luke's take on uh, some of these fantastic Italian wines. Because I know Luke was also in New York City for a bit. We'll chat about that uh, when we come back from this break. Um, so don't be afraid to ask a question. Send us an email at ask at happyhourradio.net and send us an email. You got a Twitter handle, Chris? I do. No. <laughs> well, we'll get you back on that. We'll get you caught up to the 21st century right here. Here on Happy Hour Radio. The home of the great one, Mark Levin. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back. It's uh, Love is in the Air. I'm going to have a loving good time uh, right here in Happy Hour Radio with Chris Zimmerman, the regional manager for Vias Imports, uh, viaswine.com, and my good friend Luke Wallers of uh, Walden Selections. And we're talking about this great uh, Italian wine, the Bistro wine of uh, Piedmont, Barbera de Asti, the Damilano um, Barbera. It's in my glass. Um, I'm going to take a sip, and you tell me what I should be looking to taste here, Chris. And Luke, you get to chime in too. Well, this wine is 100% Barbera d'Asti, uh, or 100% Barbera. It sees a little bit of oak aging, uh, about eight months in wood, both in uh, 
um, 60 gallon barrels and in about um, the 500 liter barrels, kind of the double barrel size. Uh, the wine has, for me, has always had this wonderful kind of uh, grapey quality, this somewhat briery, slightly rustic, which I love. I mean, rustic in the in the right way. Uh, what's interesting is that Barbera d'Asti uh, was elevated recently to the DOCG status, uh, whereas Barbera d'Alba um, still remains DOC and probably will be elevated shortly. But why why did this wine get elevated and I'll, I'll say this that in the alba area which is the home of barolo and barbaresco the greatest vineyards the top of the hill facing south or southwest the greatest vineyards are always reserved for nebbiolo uh, which is not so easy you know it's finicky it doesn't get ripe very easily and hence the top of the hill facing south or southwest in Asti, conversely, and I don't really know why, there was never any history of Nebbiolo. So the very best vineyards in the Asti area have always been reserved for Barbera. So perhaps it is more identifiable, that Barbera is more identifiable. And uh, I think it's important to realize, too, when we talk about the, um, the rules that govern Italian winemaking, the DOC and the DOCG, that it's not necessarily, uh, or the first reason for these rules was not necessarily quality, but more protection, protecting the authenticity of these wines. You know, why, why does a wine get awarded the DOCG? Perhaps because they are most Italian and they are deserving of the protection of their origin. Great. I like that. Uh, and just to uh, help clarify for our listeners, DOC is uh, Denominazione Origine Controllata, and DOCG is Denominazione Origine Controllata Garantita. And it's all about protection. And Luke, tell us what you taste in this uh, juicy Barbera. You know, I think this is a really sumptuous wine. Thank you for sharing, Chris. This Thank is you. A, this is a beautiful wine. The first thing that comes to mind here is this spice, this really lovely vanilla and and uh, and sweet spice. There's a perfume to the wine. There's there's a, a floral ca- character here, and it's and it's really just a very uh, very lovely one, and and you know I hesitate to say, hesitate to say it actually is a very sexy one. I think perfect for <laughs> perfect for this uh, upcoming holidays. Uh, I love it. It's, it is now an official holiday. We should have that. That Valentine should be really on that Friday. You know, we should have all these holidays. So it works better for the three day weekend, increase the economy. Well, Chris, tell us what uh, this Damilano Barbera de Asti would run, and where could we find it when we have uh, that special aperitif or even a bolognese sauce to prepare? Yeah, now you're making me hungry. The uh, the Barbera, the Damilano Barbera has a retail price of about eighteen dollars. Mm. And uh, you can find it in the Seattle area at the at the best wine shops like McCarthy and Shearing or Esquin on Fourth Avenue South or uh, Wine World. Um, really, um, that's right. Shop fun. local. Shop local. Exactly right. And these are not wines that are 
you know, found in uh, in most of the supermarkets, but in the fine wine shops. Love it. Well, delicious. That's a great aperitif wine. Also goes well with food, um, something uh, savory as well. And let's talk about some of the the more famous. Well, they're all famous, but let's talk about the two commune wines. We have the uh, commune of Barbaresco and the communes of Barolo, and uh, these are both based on the Nebbiolo grape, the king of grapes. Uh, Nebbia being the term for fog. Um, well, tell us about this first one, which is a very famous label. The Prudatori de Barbaresco. Of the uh, of the three hundred wines that I sell, this one might be the one that's closest to my heart. But it's a wonderful story. Um, Barbaresco is a village uh, that's only about uh, five miles north of the town of Alba. Uh, it was a uh, ancient Roman military outpost. Uh, there is a tower there in Barbaresco that was a Roman lookout tower because Barbaresco sits on a bluff 300 feet above the valley floor. As a matter of fact, the Romans named the town. Uh, the word Barbaresco comes from the Latin Barbarica Silva, which means barbarians in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like uh, one of the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love the idea of barbarians in the forest. But uh, Nebbiolo has been growing in this area for perhaps a thousand years. Barbaresco uh, has to be 100% Nebbiolo. It has to be aged for a minimum of two years before it can be sold. Uh, Barbaresco reserves are four years. So we have the Normale, which would be two years, and exactly. Reserva, which would be four years. That's right. And uh, uh, this is the winery. It has an unusual name, Prodatori del Barbaresco. It basically means the producers of Barbaresco. And uh, before 1894, there was no such wine. Uh, there was Barolo before 1894, but the growers in Barbaresco would sell their grapes to make Barolo. Perhaps that's why Barolo is a more famous wine, because it had about a 75-year head start mm -hmm. on Barbaresco. So back in about 1894, the growers in Barbaresco petitioned the local government to enlarge the production zone to include their town so that they could also make Barolo. Wow, and so last year was 125 years ago. That's right, 1894. 120. I can't figure <laughs> It's already happy hour. So, Two for one. I'm good at that math. Other than that. Um, so the uh, the growers uh, petitioned the government. They wanted to be able to make Barolo. They, uh, the powers that be said no, and these, these dirt-poor farmers went back to their village and uh, decided that they were not going to sell their grapes any longer and that they would make their wine and they would name it after their village. And so that was the first time that a bottle of Barbaresco was ever labeled Barbaresco, and it was created by... The Prototorial Barbaresco. Awesome. This is a great story, and I bet they're not no longer poor. So let's talk about this particular wine. Um, you know, interesting, Nebbiolo is a thin-skinned grape, so it's also a very tannic grape and also with great high acidity. Uh, Luke, give us your impression of the Prototorial de Barbaresco, 2010. Sure. Well, I think it's you know it's worth pointing out that uh, Aldo Vaca, who's the managing uh, director of Prototorial, you know, he, he's really, uh, and his father, uh, have done a uh, great effort in keeping these producers uh, linked together and uh, among them they own really all the great greatest plots of land uh, exactly. on the hillsides of Barbaresco. So yeah, you're exactly right, Luke. This is a cooperative or a uh, what would be called a cantina sociale and uh, by many respects it, it is considered one of the great wine co-ops in the world. And uh, when it started out in 1894 there were nine members. Today there are 50 families mm -hmm that own together, they are the owners of the Prototorio de Barbaresco. 
They make remarkable wines at great prices, but perhaps the most remarkable thing of all is the fact that there are 50 Piemontese curmudgeons working <laughs> together uh, and somehow. But, uh, yes, they own pieces of nine uh, what we might call Grand Cru's in, uh, in Barbaresco, these 50 families. And um, together, they make the wine under the direction of uh, Aldo Vaca, who you mentioned, who is the director, and uh, the winemaker, Johnny Testa, who's been the winemaker there for 30 years. Uh, but we really don't talk about the winemaker as much as we talk about the growers, because at this winery, it is all about the growers. As a matter of fact, uh, on the you never see the, the winemaker's name on a bottle, but on the back of the uh, reservas, you always see the family who grew the grapes. Oh, I like that. Oh, it's a it's a it's a wonderful story, and uh, you know, it's a wonderful wine. Uh, this is really a full-bodied wine for something that is considered a light-skinned grape and a thin-skinned grape. It's got it's got some heft to it, uh, some mouthfeel. The tannin is uh, is firm, but it, it's not too astringent. I mean, you, it's okay that sometimes the acidity in a wine elevates that t- uh, tannin to give it a little bit of sharpness, but a little bit of pinprick. But this is really pretty firm. Luke, what do you think of this wine? I think aromatically, this wine it's a lot softer than the Barbera Dosti, but once you get it on the palate, like like Chris mentioned, it really expands, really expands quite broad, uh, and, and dry, but dry in a very good way, dry in a way that you are craving steak. You want another steak. sip. Yeah. Yes, and, and another sip. Juicy. The, uh, the grape has kind of a, uh, a personality or a reputation for being um, very intriguing aromas. As you said, they're a little more reserved or a little more quiet, but more intriguing. They bring you in. And then it has this very long finish. That's kind of the magic or the profile of Nebbiolo is that it's it's about the the aroma, the attack, not so much on the middle palate, and then this incredible long lasting finish, which is a great word like in Italian. A great kiss, right? A great kiss in this film. A memorable, a, a memorable, memorable kiss. kiss. Well, um, remembering this Brutatore de Barbaresco, what did this cost in the $40, $50 range? Uh, well, you know, as I said, Brutatore de Barbaresco makes this benchmark wine, and it has always been a great value, perhaps because they, uh, they are a cooperative. But uh, it's only $35 and uh, can be found in, again, these Seattle's best wine shops. That's great. That means it's like 75 on a list at a restaurant, and it's a beautiful wine. Well, stick around. We'll be back, and we're going to chat about uh, the Barolo wine, which is also made from Nebbiolo, right here on Happy Hour Radio. He's live. He's here. Sean Hannity. Weekdays, noon to 3, only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm in the mood for love, and I'm in the mood for Italian wines, and have the pleasure of Having uh, two cool cats in here, Luke Wallers, the uh, proprietor of Walden Selections, a new distributor in town, also at Advanced Sommelier, and uh, the regional manager for VS Imports, VSWine.com. That's Chris Zimmerman, and he's sharing uh, the Da Milano Barbera da Asti, the Prudatori da Barbaresco, and right now we have a little Barolo, talking about the Nebbiolo grape in Piedmont from the region, the commune of Barolo. Chris, what do you got? Well, this is a, a beautiful uh, comparison. It's a wonderful opportunity 
opportunity if you ever have a chance to taste these two villages or these two communes side by side. Uh, Barbaresco being uh, a little north, Barbaresco being a little north of Alba and the town of Barolo being perhaps uh, 10 miles south. And uh, both wines are made out of Nebbiolo. The soil composition or the mineral mineral composition of the soils are very similar. What makes these wines different is that uh, Barbaresco is located near a river. As I mentioned, it sits on a bluff 300 feet above the river. Uh, and the soils there are alluvial. They're gravels and sands. And uh, um, in my experience, the alluvial soils tend to make wines that are a little more elegant, uh, a little more um, aromatic. And those uh, soils have a name, Luke? Those Helvetian or Tortonian? I believe those are the Helvetian soils. Excellent. Perfect. And... Uh, uh, a few miles south, as you move further away from the river, which is called the Tanaro River, um, the soils become more dense, more compact, and more clay. Hence, you get the two styles, the uh, the more firm or muscular style of Nebbiolo in the town of Barolo, and the slightly more ethereal, slightly more elegant style in Barbaresco. Uh, both wines have great longevity. Uh, both wines have um, great ageability. The Barolo that we're tasting now is from the incredibly talented young winemaker whose name is Giuseppe Caviola, and his winery is called Caviola. 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 And uh, that's his last name and also the name, uh, the name of the winery. And he has an exquisite uh, small piece of uh, a vineyard in the Barolo area called Soto Castello, uh, which means below the castle. Hmm. Uh, the wine is uh, completely unfined, unfiltered. The vineyard is only about one hectare, uh, and he makes a few thousand bottles of, uh, of this Barolo. We're tasting an 07 uh, vintage. Uh, this is the wine that is currently available in Seattle. Wow. It's really fresh still. And it's still a little young. Uh, yeah. And so we, we got to taste the 2010 Barbaresco from Protatori. But uh, in Barolo, I think yeah, because of the clay soil, because these wines are a little more firm, um, they benefit for a, from a little more time. Mm. It's, uh, it's a delicious, mouth-filling wine. It's got a lot more depth. I think this has got a little heavier dark fruit note, uh, considering that when I think of Nebbiolo, I think of red fruits primarily. But this is a really dark red, um, almost a dark red plum and slightly dried. Luke, give us a little impression of this uh, 2007 Caviola Barolo. I think this, this is showing really classically of the 2007 vintage, uh, a riper, warmer year, um, producing the tannins um, that for me I find softer, I find um, more caressing tannins. Um, so it, while it is a, a powerful wine, no doubt, I think it's I think it's certainly approachable uh, at this point right now. It's uh, it's a really lovely wine. This is sexy. Yeah. This is really sexy in the mouth. Well, I think that uh, if you were making uh, if you're making dinner for your Valentine, that uh, that this might be something that that you really could and you both could enjoy. Uh, it is beautiful with mushroom dishes it would be beautiful with say a, a risotto with porcinis um, and uh, it goes with beautiful with egg noodles or homemade pasta uh, which is a labor of love <laughs> and uh, and then with the classic braised meat dishes I was say that lamb shank man is like mm, speaking a lamb to me. shank or osso buco oh, wow. or even the the beautiful and local 
uh, dish which is simply called brazzato al barolo which is basically a pot roast that's braised in a bottle of Barolo. Oh, you make it pot roast sound so sexy. <laughs> I love it. Well, we've got three fantastic wines here, the Damilano Barbera d'Asti, the Barbaresco, the Plutatori, and the Caviola. What is the Caviola run? The Caviola is uh, is a 2007. Uh, it's got some beautiful age on it, so it's getting to a point where you can really enjoy it. Production is very small. The wine is expensive for that very special someone. It's uh, $72 retail. Oh, it's magnificent. It's beautiful. Now, um, for the uh, the end of our four-course menu here, we have a wine that goes with chocolate. And uh, there are many, many fans who love chocolate and wine. And I've been a hard tra- uh, convert. So you have to tell me about this. I got a piece of dark chocolate. What is this wine that you highly recommend uh, for this Valentine's chocolate uh, love fest? Well, I, uh, Christopher, I happen to agree with you. I've never been sold on uh, on this idea of uh, red wine with chocolate. Uh, it's always been um, a little odd to me to have something sweet and, and something dry or something sweet and something tannic. But this is a wine that comes from the Piedmont region. Um, it is the wine that, as wow. I said earlier, is saved for uh, your loved ones. It is um, traditionally served in the Piedmont region with chocolate desserts. They you did it. Thank Holy you. smokes. <laughs> it's a it's a magic combination. The wine is incredibly light. Oh. Uh, it's only five and a half percent alcohol. Uh, so after you've had a big dinner, you know, or a uh, a Valentine's Day dinner and you've had some wine with your dinner, it's always nice to end with something very light. And this is called what? It is called Brichetto d'Aqui. The, the grape is called Brichetto. It's the, from the town of d'Aqui. It's from the Acqui. town of Aqui, or it's called Aquiterme, which means, and perhaps this is appropriate, it means uh, warm water. Oh, my goodness. Uh, or thermal water, and, and it's, the home, it's the home of you Roman. You can have chocolates of this and chilled in a bathtub. And oh candles, my that's right. Um, but Turn it's only lights. it's only <laughs> it's only five and a half percent alcohol, and it's about five and a half percent residual sugar. Oh, it's um, magnificent so, with this dark chocolate, and it's slightly sparkling. It's um, it's a it's a single fermentation. It's not a double fermentation like, oh, say prosecco or champagne. Yeah. It's a single fermentation. They just trap the CO two in the in the alco- during the alcoholic fermentation then they stop the fermentation when the wine hits about five and a half percent alcohol by cold you know cold stabilizing uh, it has a slight sparkle which gives the feeling of higher acidity um, so the wine has a an aromatic it's kind of like a black muscat it's got an aromatic um, a, a flavor um, but it's really light and it's not really that sweet. I'm really impressed how it stands up to this this lovely dark chocolate. Because dark chocolate, you think you need is something that's really big and bold, but this is is really a macerated strawberries and cherries, and it's got that floral note. It is delicious. Luke, give me a give me a one liner on this. Christopher, wine. I know you're sitting across from me right now, but I think I'm going to have to fight you <laughs> over your last piece of chocolate. <laughs> oh my goodness, melt in your mouth. That is really the perfect match. And I've been not a convert, and now I, yeah, I've been converted. Well, uh, perhaps, perhaps uh, it's. It, I mean, obviously, it's beautiful with chocolate. It's normally served with a, a Piemontese chocolate cake, which is sometimes called budino or uh, bounette, kind of a, a dense uh, mm. chocolate cake. Or it's beautiful with a souffle. Or it's really good if you just dip right. strawberries in 
chocolate. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, if you want to close the deal, here is your chance. <laughs> Brocchetto da Chi, it's from um, Pinetto, and what is the cost of it's this? It's actually from the family named Marenko. Marenko. Pinetto is the vineyard, so yes. it's a single vineyard. It's this beautiful chalk-white wow. soil. And uh, the Brocchetto da Chi from the Marenko sisters, these are three sisters, is $20. Oh, well, it's, well, it's delicious. It's fantastic. What a treat. Uh, Chris Zimmerman with uh, Vias Imports, viaswine.com. Your 300 labels must be fantastic because you just brought in four today. And it's what a treat. The Damilano Barbera de Asti, uh, the Barbaresco from Prudatori, uh, the Caviolo Barolo, and the, uh, what's the last Marenco. one? Marenco. Marenco Pinetto Single Vineyard Brachetto Daqui. Uh, what a treat. Uh, it is the season of love, the, the week of love, Valentine's, and I appreciate you bringing in such uh, amore wine. Thank you so much for joining me on Happy Hour Th- Radio. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank and, you, guys. Uh, Thank you for the invite. Uh, Luke, well, um, we've got another, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to chat all about your history here and uh, also history on the East Coast and where you're from and your a brand new distributorship called Walden Selections here in Seattle. And I'm excited about that because um, I want to learn about your wines. My mouth is still watering from that uh, brachetto and the, the dark chocolate. That is a hit. We just did it, and uh, look out. I, I guess the secret's out. Um, <laughs> we got one week to figure this out for all of our Valentines, but go to Esquin, go to Wine World, go to McCarthy and Shearing, and look for these fantastic wines. Anything from VS Imports is going to be great. And if you have any questions about what to pair with food dishes, uh, send us an email, and I'll be happy to uh, give you a response. Ask at happyhourradio.net, and if you want to take your day out for something fun. Maybe get her tickets to the Seattle Wine and Food Experience.com. That's coming up in February. That's the next week after Valentine's Day. So stick around. We'll chat up with Luke Wallers of Walden Selections right after this on Happy Hour Radio. Breaking down the big stories. Glenn Beck, weekdays 9 to noon on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and we're back in studio celebrating Valentine's Week uh, with some great Italian wine from viaswine.com. Check it out. Uh, the Barbera, the Barbaresco, the Barolo, the Killer Bees, and the Brachetto da Chi. Da Chi is so tasty. Um, my friend Luke Wallers is uh, an advanced sommelier, also a master of wine candidate, um, and a good friend. Uh, Luke, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks for having me, Chris. Hey, so excited. So um, you and I have uh, had a great history together. Um, you've been in Seattle for a bit, but you went back to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Tell us when, uh, where you're from and how you got the wine bug. Well, I got my start um, in Illinois. I was going to college and uh, was working at a restaurant and also a retail wine shop, uh, which I ended up managing, uh, and, and really got my interest from working in that restaurant. Um, guests would come in asking for what wine to pair with what food, and the list was heavily Italian. And uh, in fact, coincidentally, um, at the retail shop I worked at, um, I had a real great privilege of working with Chris's colleague, Donald, uh, who is his counterpart in Chicago. And and he really uh, uh, helped me, brought me up on wine, as well as a number of uh, folks in that local area. I spent some time in in uh, 
Boston as well as in New York, um, working in restaurants there. Um, came to Seattle in 2010, uh, opened up RN74. Yeah. I went back last year uh, to open up a restaurant called Bettany in New York City, which, Chris, you've uh, had the opportunity to I visit. I sat next to Diane Sawyer and her late husband, Mike, uh, Mike, no, uh, Mike, the producer. Right, right. Yeah, awesome people. Well, Bettany was great. I am uh, I'm back in Seattle now and uh, decided to uh, with my wife open up a, a, a new distributor. We saw the the uh, the need for um, more wine in Seattle. We believe there's there's a it's a booming place and uh, we found a, a few producers that are uh, very small production. Um, never been in in the state before and we thought would. Uh, I think uh, be of interest to the the local market. Excellent. So this is Walden Selections, and um, are you up live on a website yet, or can we find you there? Are it's, we still sure? It's WaldenSelections.com. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So you're bringing in some uh, some new wineries into the marketplace, some niche some niche wines, and um, let's let's just step back here. You had a chance to work in New York City. I mean, uh, I think of myself as a Seattle boy for the most part, and New York City is the big, wild, old world east and um, but tell us what the difference is or what's unique about the, the wine culture versus the Seattle wine culture in mm-hmm. New York versus Seattle. Well, I think just the nature of New York being uh, being a, a city with so so many people, um, really anything goes in New York. There's there's just so much of everything, so many people, so many choices, uh, so many wine labels. Um, so you get uh, consumers from uh, all different uh, aspects that are looking for white, red, sparkling, fortified orange wines, all different sorts of wines. So um, I think there's just a, a huge diversity that exists in New York. Um, here in Seattle, we have the benefit of the of the Seattle wine community um, being the, the Washington wines, a lot of great red wines as well as white wines, Oregon. So, I, you know, when I talk to uh, folks here, they've uh, they've been to wineries, they've visited wineries. Uh, oftentimes, it's on the weekend. Uh, they can drive over to Woodinville or South uh, South Seattle or even to Walla Walla. Uh, and uh, so that this is a this is a great opportunity for the consumer in in Seattle to to really know wine. I think there's a very savvy wine drinker in Seattle. Um, the difference for me being, I think, in Seattle, there's a preference towards red wines, just mm. naturally given yeah. what's produced in Washington State. Uh, and in New York, I think uh, there's really no way to sort of you know pin pin the drinker down on what they drink. They just drink wine. They just drink wine. Excellent. Well, um, you have some wines coming into into the marketplace. Tell us about uh, this Beckham Estate Vineyard. Sure. Well, uh, we um, found Beckham Estate Vineyard uh, through some mutual friends, and uh, the the owners of Beckham Estate. Um, that's Andrew Beckham and Andrea Beckham, um, really sweet husband and wife couple um, with three kids, and uh, they decided to move out of the city and into um, into. Uh, uh, a little area just south of Portland uh, in what's the Chehalem Mountains AVA near Sherwood. And uh, they wanted to have a, a really a farmstead for their to raise their kids. And uh, Andrew is also a potter, and so uh, he would have a studio on the, on the property. Well, it kind of turned into planting a few vines and then a few more vines, and they've got uh, <laughs> a little under 10 acres planted right now. And uh, Andrew's also building his own clay amphora. Um, which is uh, which are essentially their clay vessels, much like oak barrels, and it's a really ancient 
uh, way of aging wine. Um, back to the Greeks and the Romans, right? Exactly, back to the Greeks and Romans. And so he used his his uh, natural skills as a potter to to build these vessels and is now actually aging his wine in, in these these uh, amphora. That's really cool. So you're, you're going to be um, promoting Pinot Noir from Beckham Estate Vineyard, and you've got the 11, the 12, and uh, the, those two vintages coming in. And the 13 in amphora. Oh, mm-hmm. perfect. Well, this is exciting. We'll have to get a tasting here. I want you to bring some of this wine in, and let's do that next month so we can try some of this Amphora wine. Uh, speaking with Luke Wallers, the uh, proprietor of Walden Selections, and it's waldenselections.com. Perfect. I love it. So we'll have another time. We taste some of that Amphora wine, some of the great Pinot Noir from Beckham Estate Vineyard. I want to thank Chris Zimmerman with VS Imports, and thank you for listening to Happy Hour Radio. Hope you catch me at 11 a.m. or 6 p.m. right here on 570 KVI, and I look for seeing you at Taste Walla Walla. Remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!